Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everyone, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to our fine, fine show, you are listening to TTM Cast One on One. This is our Wednesday show. It is Wednesday, September 6, 2023. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm the host of your program, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and joined by my friend and co-host. I'm going to get it right, Drew, I promise. Drew Pelto from Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas. See, very good. Not Austin, yes. Arlington. He is the man. He is on DFW Grapper on Instagram, on Twitter, and on uh, YouTube. Make sure you follow his videos. He posts a video just about every week. He, I don't think he posted one this week because it was a slow TTM week for him, but he, he joins us. It's only 100 degrees there in, in sunny Dallas, Texas today. But he's telling me that summer is almost over. Supposedly. That's what they're telling us. It's supposed to get back. We're going to have like a week of 100 degrees and it's going to start dropping back down to the 80s and 90s. And I'm hoping that stays. Uh, that I hope it gets down there. I hope it stays there for a while. And yeah, just we need that. Well, we had we've had one day over ninety this year in in uh, Massachusetts, and we finally were we're at eighty nine today. Uh, my little uh, thermometer on my computer, it's nice and sunny. We're gonna we're gonna hit ninety for a couple days, so summer is here in Massachusetts finally after all all this wait, and then and then it'll be gone. It'll be like twelve degrees again. But yep. we, we are not a weather channel. We we just but we like to pass along our, our suffering in the weather, right, Drew? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh... It's not fun. There's triple digits here, but eh, I made it through at least. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully they're right. There's just another week and yeah, we can just uh, I know it fall now when I have like it's like three degrees here and there's, there's 25 inches on the ground. You'll be laughing at me and saying, oh, it's only it's 75 and sunny here. So exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, knowing us, though, it's probably going to be like still like 20 degrees. And we have like an inch of ice on everything. So yeah, I know <laughs> you guys do have that ice sometimes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, but well, guys, we have a really fun show for you today, an educational show, I'm going to say. We have Rich Miller, who is the editor of Sports Collectors Daily, and uh, I, I spoke to Rich this morning, so it is a, a hot-off-the-presses interview. Talk to Rich about what's been going on with all the legal problems with Panini and Fanatics and the NFL Players Association and kind of to the state of the hobby, and Rich is, is the man. He's been covering it better than anyone in the world on what's been going on, and we talked to Rich about what's going on in our hobby, so that is kind Coming up next, it is a uh, a learning uh, exercise, right, Drew? Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, we have a couple things. I just remind everyone, we have our friends from Collects Fine Fine Sponsor. Their marketplace has been open for a little while, and they are offering you guys exclusive. This is a TTM cast exclusive. $10. You get $10 from Collects. It's pretty easy to get. All you have to do is sign up for Collects, go to your, um, your Google Play or your uh, – 
your uh, Apple store, your uh, app store, sign, download collects. It's free. Get the get there. Get a, a username, a collects username, and then all you do is get uh, send us your collects username and your email address, and collects is going to send you ten dollars to spend however you want in their marketplace. So it's really easy. All you have to do is send us uh, your collects username and your email address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And Collects does the rest. It's really easy. I know a lot of our listeners have taken advantage of it. So uh, last week or so, we've been quiet, kind of quiet, guys. So come on, get off, get off your butt and uh, <laughs> sign up for your ten dollar coupon and uh, make us look good in the eyes of Collects. And uh, we appreciate that. We have a uh, a raffle. Joe and I have a, a raffle that we're going to give away. Another raffle we're going to give away this week. We have a five by seven Billy uh, photo autograph, and we have a. David Steeb, Dave Steeb, uh, Diamond Kings, Diamond's autograph card that we're going to give away. And we've got a lot of people entered already, Drew. So uh, a lot of people are entered. All you have to do is put in your, give me, send us your mailing address. Very important, your mailing address. In the uh, copy, put a card raffle or something to, to that effect. And we will pick the winners on uh, Friday night or, or first thing Saturday morning. We'll announce them on, uh, on Saturday's show. So just send me send us your name and your mailing address to TTMcast at yahoo.com. That's all you have to do. And we'll give away a free Billy 5x7 autograph photo and a Dave Steve uh Donruss uh Kings card, right? Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. And we give we giving away anything else. No, I think that's everything right now. It's uh the Dave Steve one, that is the uh, the learn from my failure uh raffle. Because <laughs> uh, I bought that card on eBay forgetting that I'd already picked one up at the national last year signed by him. And so I got it. I went in to mark it off my checklist. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't listed here. What happened? I look at my binder and it's sitting right there. It's like, all right, well, my loss is your gain, everybody. Here you go. So that's right. Well, that's a great card. Thank you, Drew, for, for giving that off to our listeners. Um, just, just, you know, it's a early in the week and it's been kind of quiet. I think I have, I got one TTM return today. I haven't seen it yet. And I got four or five eBay purchases waiting for me. Uh, I have my fantasy football draft later tonight i have the third pick in the draft so i'm looking forward to that i'll maybe i'll, I'll give an outline uh, a, a a review of my draft on saturday right drew yeah so, since, we're, since we're not doing picks we guys we are not going to do football picks this year yeah we're going to yeah. put everyone out of out of their misery we are not doing football picks our shows are long enough now drew we don't need we don't need to have another 20 minutes of football picks to to extend the show even to three hours again right yep exactly <laughs> no football picks how's your week going so far drew it's going pretty decent i mean my uh my cold streak on the ttms has finally been snapped today so uh Ooh, who'd you get got harold baines back oh nice did he yeah, charge uh yeah he did charge um i put in two cards and twenty dollars he signed one of the cards and kept the 20 so i'll take that i seem to remember him seeing uh seeing a lot of stuff out of him that he wasn't signing for 10 anymore is like i think sending back notes saying he would sign for 25 or something like that so Getting one for twenty, I'll take that. I'm I'm totally good on that. Which so, card did you uh, get? Uh, his eighty-one tops card. I sent the eighty-one tops and eighty-one Fleer, and he signed the tops one. So nice rookie card right there. Very happy to add that in. Uh, what else? Some eBay stuff. I uh, it's funny. There's a guy who posted up this big lot of like I think it was, I want to say forty-one cards for eighty-four dollars on uh, some uh, twenty-one Heritage Minor League stuff. So if there's anybody out there who wants to do the Heritage Minor League stuff, there's a great way to start. Just go and check that that auction out. But uh, he had two out of, out of those 41 or whatever it was that were posted up there. I think I needed two of them. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to buy, you know, 40 something. I don't need to get two that I do need. So I messaged him on site and I said, hey, if this lot doesn't sell, uh, your Trevor McDonald and your Anthony Cervideo, I need those. If your slot doesn't sell, can I buy those separately? He says, 
I just checked. I have extras on both of them. I'll sell them to you individually. It's just eight bucks, including shipping. So I'm like, boom, done. We'll take those. Good. So, got the Cervadeo right there and the uh, McDonald both in here from that guy. Very nice. And also from the regular Heritage set, I got the Chad Pinder card autographed. Funny thing yeah. on that one was uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the uh, seller's name on this at all, but he had blocked me from bidding. Why? Well, it turns out that about uh, four years ago, I bought another signed card from him. And so it uh, came to me, uh, got to me just fine and everything, but he charged me $4 shipping and put what was then a normal 55 cent stamp on it, which means he just made, you know, three bucks off of me just for, uh, on just gouging on the shipping. Yeah. So I left him positive feedback because it got to me quickly. It was still in good condition, everything like that. The price was decent aside from that. But I put a comment in there saying, you're going to charge me four bucks for 55 cents shipping though. Come on, dude, really? Positive feedback though. So it didn't destroy his feedback rating or anything like that. The dude blocked me. <laughs> so there's one yeah, pops up that like, I need. He was a, true. He was a little sensitive. Yeah, just a bit. It seems like so. This one pops up that I need, and I tried to put a bid in on like four different times. I even messaged a guy. I'm like, hey, um, I'd like to bid on this. So what gives? Never heard anything back, and I didn't figure this out until just today when it came in. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna figure out what happened here. And oh, there it is. That's what happened. So I fortunately I was uh, my wife has an eBay account as well, so I just said, hey, can you go and bid on this for me? He's like, yeah, no problem, and put it in, and got it picked up that way. So ha ha ha, I found my way around it. So how much yeah. did you charge for shipping? I think it was a buck fifty, and there was like sixty three cents. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to raise a stink about that. So. Okay, not bad. Yeah, four dollars for shipping is a little ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think he's want, sent, he's, if you he's want up to get four dollars for so. the card, get it for the card. Don't make it. Don't yeah. fudge it on the shipping. Yeah, and I think this guy's in Canada, so it's like, all right, you know, if you want to charge me a buck fifty because you have to carry it over the border to get your sixty three cent shipping, fine, whatever, go ahead and do that. But yeah, four bucks is ridiculous. Buck fifty, I can deal with that. Cool. All right, well, not bad. We we we're, we're on a positive uh, trajectory, right, for the week. Pretty right, good. Right. You, what you got? You think you get some more? Uh, uh, Terry TTM's coming. That's what I hope. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff out there, so I'm hoping for those. And uh, got some ball games coming up this week. Going to go and see Northwest Arkansas at Frisco, probably on Thursday. That's what the plans are right now. At least Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to try to go. If not, then it'll be at least Saturday. Excuse me, at least Saturday for sure. Is this the last weekend for um for, for autographing for these guys or do they you got playoffs? Yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs at all the way it's looking right now. They're a few games back. I mean, they did just bring up the uh, Rangers number one prospect there to double A there in Wyatt Langford. So things have a desperation move, try to push them into the playoffs. And if they don't make it, they I mean, the Rangers could even call them up for all I know. But they've got a chance. It's not looking like a good chance, though. I've got the possibility that I might see a uh, Cleburne in playoffs they, they likely are going to get the chicago dogs placing them uh haven't heard for certain yet milwaukee i believe was the number one seed in that uh in their division so milwaukee gets to decide which of those three playoff teams they want to face oh that's nice round. i like that yeah it's kind of a cool setup because i mean you've got milwaukee kane county chicago and cleburne all made it if you're the number one seed you're not going to, want to travel all the way down to texas for that series right when you can just go to you know chicago or kane county which is right next to chicago and play one of those teams. So I bet Milwaukee's going to pick one of those two, and then the other one will end up having to come down to here. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be Chicago Dogs coming to uh, having to play against Cleburne. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see them once because they've got a couple guys I could use. So see what happens. Well, we got the end of baseball season. Uh, um, you, you, your Rangers are, are they, they're going to get in, don't you think? I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping they fall flat on their damn face. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, at this point, the way it's looking, I mean, they are uh, – they're falling apart when they when it matters most right now. I mean, they lost to Houston last night, what, 13 to 5. Yep. 
And they've, I mean, they went from having a three game lead over the Astros a few weeks ago. It's now trailing them by what, maybe two games now at this point. So it's not looking good. And if they miss everything, I am going to be laughing so hard because I mean, for a team to go out there and over the last two off seasons to spend a nearly combined billion dollars on contracts and to miss the playoffs their first two years of that. Oh, oh, I love it. I well, my red my Red Sox have three games against your Rangers uh, coming up, so it'll be it'll be interesting. We really need it. We're I think we're four games out of the last wild card spot, and doesn't isn't looking good. Um, how about your your Guardians? Do they do they have any chance of catching the Twins? Yes, but they have got to win the rest of the series. They got shelled last night. I think it was about twenty to six was the final or something like that. Where uh, I mean they're down nineteen to or they're down nine to one at the end of the fifth. I think it was so. They brought in catcher slash utility infielder slash uh, relief pitcher once this year, David Fry, to pitch the final four innings of it. So uh, the good thing is, I mean, they've at least got their bullpen is going to be fresh for the rest of the series. But, yeah, I mean, that's still, I mean, 20 to 6 does not look good up there. So hopefully they can turn around here in the last three and make up a little bit of that ground. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. We get the first week of NFLs coming up. Um, mm-hmm. who, are you, who are you two Super Bowl teams? Oof, jeez. At this point, I mean, you can't, you can, the way it's been going the last few years, you can never go wrong picking Kansas City. So I'm going to say Kansas City makes it again, back to back years that are in what, three out of the last four or whatever it was. So I think they get in NFC though. Oh man. Oof. I don't even know who to think about. Do you like the, the Eagles? Do you like the 49ers? Do you like the Vikings? Do you like the Lions? Any of those teams? No, <laughs> none of them, huh? I, I don't know who to pick out of the NFC, but I mean, I like the Eagles. I, I, I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't I, I can't go with an Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl in back to back years at all. So that's why I got to hold off on. OK, I'm going to say this. Let's go with the Eagles and the Bills. Eagles and the Bills. OK, so. All right, good. Well, 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 well we won't hold you to it, right? We, that's yeah. it. That's the last <laughs> that's the last picking of the, of the uh, NFL until we get to the playoffs. All right. Sounds good. Sounds all right. Good. But hey, uh, I think we got all the housekeeping in order. Batting leadoff. Batting leadoff. It is hobby happenings. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. All right, hobby happenings, guys. Just a summary of what's been going on in the hobby for the last couple of days. We all obviously do a Baker's Dozen on Saturday, so we only have a couple of days of news to report. Uh, one thing that, that kind of hits the, the, the news docket that's interesting. Panini lost a, um, I don't say lost, but they settled for $25 million on a uh, copyright infringement uh, lawsuit uh against uh for, against wildcard cards really the creditors of wildcard cards because they are no longer in business uh and the stat smashers case they uh, they copied and, and it's 
pretty evident that they copied stat smashers. It was mm -hmm. probably some graphic designer said, "Hey, let's use do stat smashers that it's not that hasn't been in in play in fifteen years or twenty years or whatever." Uh, but they didn't know that Wildcard still had the the copyright to it. So uh, Panini settled to twenty five million dollars. And uh, I talked to Rich Miller about this in our interview coming up to see how he thinks that might affect panini moving forward in any lawsuits so um just interesting i know you can't comment on it as a panini employee but um just you know to lose 25 million dollar case during this time when they have all these other lawsuits pending uh is not a good thing for for panini would you you uh, comment if you can drew i'm not gonna i, yeah. I don't want to get you in trouble yeah, I mean, copyright and trademark are weird things sometimes is one of those ones where it's like to any reasonable observer, it seemed like, I mean, what this this was what a set from 30 years ago. It seemed like, OK, I mean, 30 years ago, it was a company that's, you know, gone bankrupt. It seems like something like that should be in public domain or something like that. So I can understand why a graphic designer would, you know, scoop it up and use it and why anybody else would look at that and go, OK, yeah, go ahead and use it. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And I mean, yeah, Panini, I think their thing right now is. They, they know they have bigger fish to fry. If they can get one of these smaller kind of things out of the way there, I mean, $25 million isn't exactly small for uh, any of us, but when you're dealing with you know, these multi-billion dollar things that are going on between them and Fanatics, the NFLPA, the former employees, all this kind of stuff, having to deal with that break-in that happened a few months ago, it's like, yeah, $25 million to get this one out of the way, fine, let's go ahead and do that and let's concentrate on these on these bigger ones there. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I agree. Well, um, you know, it's just another another loss for Panini, unfortunately. And, and uh, let's, you know, hope, uh, I'm not rooting for one or other the other company. I think for, as a collector, I just want it to be, I want the collectors to win. So whatever, however it falls out, um, you know, let's make it a win for the collectors. And 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 obviously, I'm rooting for you. So we we want we want Drew to have a win as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, but we have we have some auction news to report. We do indeed. PWCC, another big auction for them, had a 2020 Panini Prism Black Finite one-of-one one rookie card, card number 398 of Justin Jefferson. That is a mouthful right there just to get that description out of that on that. But uh, yeah, they put that one up in the most recent auction, $57,600, the final sale price on that. So, I mean, Justin Jefferson, possibly top receiver in the game right now. Anytime you can find a one-of-one one rookie card of him, that's... Uh, guy like that that's gonna be a big payday no matter what so fifty-seven thousand on that one yeah and i believe that's the second highest price realized for a receiver card i think wow. jared this is a jerry rice card in there that, that went for more another one on the pwcc auction um this one was kind of cool it was pulled by a father-son team at the national in chicago uh you know last month or two months a month and a half ago now it is a uh, psa 8 auto 10 of a 2020 panini prism black finite rookie autograph of Jordan Love, and it went for $28,000. So there are, um, you know, there are still high prices realized for relatively new cards if you have, you know, one or ones or or people are investing in these things and hoping that that, that they, are, uh, they, they can turn a profit on them. And I don't know, Jordan Love hasn't done anything on the field, but he, uh, I have him on my fantasy team in one of my leagues, so hopefully he does well. <laughs> I mean, this is the time to take a chance on that right there. You know, grab him and see if he can finally emerge from the shadows there of uh, Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay and do something big there. Yeah, we have some grading numbers to report from our friends at Gemrate. We do indeed. For the end of August, the start of September, August 28th through September 3rd, a little bit of a drop here this week, but nothing, uh, nothing too severe at all. 
PSA down 15%. They still graded 279,400 cards during the previous week. SGC, a 1% increase, 28,200 cards graded by them. Beckett, 16% drop, 16,600 cards there that went through their offices. And CGC, 27,600. That is a 20% drop in their numbers. Well, Drew, we have some new releases to uh, report. And when I say new releases, these are hot off the press. They're coming out in the next day or two. So some of them we don't have prices on yet, but we'll let you know what's coming out. We have a 2022-23 Panini Spectra NBAs due out. Four cards and four packs. Uh, you get four autos, and uh, that will be coming out, uh, I believe, today. It's coming out today. Got some uh, football stuff from Panini as well. The 2022 Plates and Patches set, so the end stuff from last season there with that one. Five cards per box, two autographs, two and one memorabilia in each box. Uh, we don't have a price tag on that one at all yet, but check it out on uh, PaniniAmerica.net. We have a cool release from Panini on baseball, 2022-23 Panini Immaculate Baseball, which is their high end, right? That's the high end yes. uh, set that it's coming. It comes in that nice metal case. So you get six cards, one pack, four autos, and two memorabilia. Um, and we don't have a price on that, but that is a high end item. So just we'll, we'll watch for that. And anything that we don't have a price for, we will report on our Saturday show. Another football release. It's time for 2023, right off the uh, presses of the new uh, the newest players there in it. The Donruss Elite set is hitting the shelves. You get 20 packs per box, five cards per pack, two autographs, one memorabilia card, $275 on a box. Yeah, I like that Donruss Elite. That's a that's yeah. that's a nice set. Nice set as well. From Tops, we have the 2023 Tops Star Wars Chrome Galaxy is out. Um you get three refractors and one auto sketch card. Plus there's all sorts of um Autographs that you might have a shot at as well. Uh, so a hobby box for those are going for $220. That's 2023 Tops Star Wars Chrome Galaxy. Boy, don't doesn't what happened to just like top Star Wars, but you know, Panini baseball. It's just it, it, it's not you, you're right. They all these have like huge these long titles now, right? Yeah, they all do. And I mean, that's uh, I guess there's a good positive to it there. I mean, I like having a nice variety there, but yeah, sometimes I'm with you. I just want some simpler times. I know simpler times. That's what we're we're, we're looking for. Well, talking uh, simpler times. I uh, spoke with Rich Miller. Rich Miller is the editor and founder of Sports Collectors Daily. I think he's found it like 17 years ago or something. And and we talk about that as well. Uh, we uh, talked to Rich about what's been going on in all these court cases with Panini and Fanatics and the uh, NFL Players Association and the NBA and just kind of how making heads or tails of this thing because i don't know about you drew but i'm so confused with everything that's been going on yeah i mean even as kind of a semi-insider i'm just like i i'm i'm not a legal expert or anything like that i just have to deal with i'll let those guys deal with the wrangling there and i'm just going to sit back as a semi-interested observer there and just kind of see what's uh see what happens and what develops all right well please enjoy my interview with rich miller from sports collectors daily the Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today.
This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collex, the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. All right, guys, class is in session. Sit down. Be quiet. <laughs> we have Professor Rich Miller on. Rich, Rich of course, is from uh, Sports Collectors Daily. He is the editor and founder of Sports Collectors Daily. And we are going to talk about uh, the law and all this stuff that's been going on with Fanatics and Panini and the NFL Players Association and try to bring this all into focus. Because I think, like like me and and, uh, and and Drew, we're all a little confused in what's been going on and it's kind of changing every day. And we thought it'd bring, bring on Rich because Rich is doing this, uh, he's been doing this forever and, and he has a better handle on it than most people. So welcome, Rich. Hey, glad to be with you, Jeff. I'm not a, a lawyer, nor do I play one on TV, but uh, we can we can certainly summarize and uh, have some uh, interesting conversation about it anyway. It's certainly a crazy, crazy time for that uh, part of the hobby. I know you never thought that you'd have to have a law degree when you when you <laughs> started doing this 10 years ago, right? It's just oh, like, man. It, yeah. It's just been so bizarre, and uh, it's not boring, and it's not... <laughs> dull but it's just um intricate and there's a lot of uh, i don't know schoolyard bullying and and i don't know there's just a lot of um feelings that have been hurt through all this don't you think yeah it's well it's it kind of illustrates what big business this hobby we call it really is i mean uh you're talking uh obviously some extremely valuable licenses and it goes way beyond just those of us who maybe buy a pack or a box <laughs> once in a while um it's it's big business there's no doubt about it i mean this the, these stories about panini and fanatics obviously we're covering them because it's very important to the hobby but you know we're seeing articles in the all the big business uh publications and mainstream media outlets and network news uh, web pages and so it's you know very very um, big time business let that never be forgotten I mean we we all like to think of it as a as a little hobby and then hopefully we all can still kind of enjoy it you know no matter what end of the hobby you're in but uh, for those who are into the licenses and 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 our manufacturers looking to get licenses or have licenses you know it's 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 big big business no matter what they say and what they try to do to appeal to average collectors um this is a business that involves lawyers making you know hundreds and thousands of dollars uh, an hour on this stuff and and they're spending countless hours to try and figure this all out do you think fanatics bit off more than they can chew in terms of um, investing all this money in these licenses and, and not being able to recoup any funds, uh, you know, for five, six, seven years down the road? Do you think fanatics kind of kind of went in not with their eyes wide open on this? Well, that was the, the strange thing to me when this all happened. And we, you know, we wrote about it back in 
in 2021 when they gobbled up all these licenses at one time, um, made these deals behind closed doors, really in secret. No one knew what was going on until this you know, story broke just and just completely uh, caught everybody by surprise, except those who I'm sure were involved in the negotiations and nobody yeah. was talking. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that's what I couldn't. And I understand why they did it. They wanted to strike first so that. Um, Panini didn't have a chance to to renew their deal, which they'd already done before with the NBA and the, and the NFL. And so they wanted to go in and, and construct these deals and get the players on board, which they did, and, and get the leagues on board and, and uh, show the fact that they were uh, serious about basically trying to control all of the major professional sports licenses obviously they didn't get hockey that was renewed by upper deck but um and the nhl and nhl players but you know that was the strange thing to me was that you know when this all happened there was four and five years left on these nba and mlb licenses obviously they were able to get tops and and went in and bought that company when you know that worked out quite well for him. But you know, there's no incentive, or wasn't for Panini to say to just roll over and say, "Well, here you go. You know, you you won, so you can take it over early and just pay us a little bit of money." You know, they had no real incentive to do that. So now, uh, you know, and who knows what's going on behind you know the scenes in terms of you know what they've talked about and and what Fanatics has done. Uh, you know. We, Excuse me. We've seen some of that come out in the court papers, but, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. But I, I think, you know, that was the strange thing was that what are they going to do? Because no one really knew, you know, what was going to happen in the hobby. Obviously, when they bought this, everything was at a at a high point. You know, that was the zenith, the peak of, of the post-COVID and, and, you know, early post-COVID uh, sports card industry world and everything was selling for huge prices. And now, obviously, it's come back to earth a little bit. And, you know, I think Fanatic still wants that license. But, you know, obviously they do. They're taking, you know, they're, they've, got, they've got the deal, but they want to get in early. And and uh, I just don't understand, you know, you know, how they could be so confident to go in and say, well, you know, we're going to take these licenses because you knew they were going to try and make an effort to get in early. Otherwise, you know, you're waiting four or five years. Who knows what can happen in right. that time frame, you know, and obviously a lot of the people that jumped into this thing, you know, in that time, uh, you know, right during and after COVID, some of those people have left. And that's why we're seeing some of the prices that have dropped a little bit. And, you know, some silly money was was spent on cards from people who didn't know any better. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't understand it then. And I still don't quite understand. I, I get why they did it. But I, you know, there were obviously a lot of pitfalls along the way and we're seeing that now that you know they're they've got a fanatics has a fight on its hands and and panini is digging in and saying you know we've got lawyers too and we're we're gonna fight you on this and we don't think what you're doing uh we think what you're doing is is illegal and so that's why they filed the antitrust suit and fanatics of course responded right away and and uh you know said well we we don't agree with uh you know what you're saying and then so it drags out in the courts and it's going to be you know i think in the courts for a while of course now you got the nflpa uh supposedly terminating its license with panini and um at least they told agents that they haven't spoken publicly about it so i don't know it's it's a strange strange time and a strange uh situation but also one that you know i guess it's not really too surprising considering this all played out you know several years ago a couple years ago 
Yeah, I mean, Fanatics obviously came in and they they bought the they got the licenses. They won that deal, which which was uh, there's some money involved there. They had they went out and bought Tops, which is wasn't cheap. And then they went out and they hired all these former Panini employees, and that's kind of what really um, got Panini's ire up, right? They were they were just like, well, you can't steal our employees and steal our our um, uh, the all all, all our our uh, you know professional uh, you know secrets that these guys are bringing yeah. with them, and uh, I don't you know I think Panini just said, okay, that's enough, right? Enough is enough. Well, that's the other element of this, um, you know, fanatics to try and, and get in and uh, as early as they could, you know, they've, they've got a plan, no doubt, to try and uh, get this business started and put some pressure on Panini. Uh, and, and the situation with the employees is, is one of that, you know, one of those elements where they were already advertising for people to come work for them. And, and Panini has the license and, and fanatics doesn't. Um, that was all part of this. You know, that that uh, and then the situation with the printing press, you know, Fanatics buys. A, uh, right. Basically, the, printing. Yeah. So, you know, there, I'm sure there's there's uh, a lot going on behind the scenes there that we may never know about in terms of, uh, you know, what the <laughs> what will happen with with that is Panini try to find another place to print. Um you know, they claim that that's a really critical element to their business. Uh, what happens there at that printing facility and and the things that they're able to do that others aren't. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting situation that uh, you know, I, for collectors who are wondering what's coming next and and how quickly this is going to get resolved, I don't think anybody knows. You know, the shops are kind of pausing their you know, taking orders, uh, you know, online retailers, you know, they're kind of pausing orders because they don't know, you know, for, in terms of pre-sales, because they don't know whether they're going to have any cards to, to sell. Uh, you know, it, it, Panini is, has some things on the schedule yet. They're still putting out football card products and, and they're going to apparently continue to do that there. As I understand it, there's probably a, a clause in the contract that will enable them to, uh, you know, they have a, a certain window, whether it's 90 days, you know, typically I think is what you see in those cases to where they can uh, produce products that they have in the pipeline. But what happens after that, if it is 90 days, what happens after that period? Is it is it over? Um, you know, you look at what's coming down the pike and the last Panini product currently listed on the schedule, I believe, is supposed to be the Donruss factory sets in November. Um, now, whether we actually see those or not, I don't know, but they do have products, you know, coming out a few here and there through next month. So, I, you know, I suspect that those will still come out. Um, but, you know, is Fanatics now, are they in a position where they can start creating football products for distribution later this fall? I don't know. And there's been, like I said, there's been no official announcement from the NFLPA. You know, it's now an arbitration. You know, Panini is, is asked for an arbitrator to decide. You know, whether they can continue to produce under the contract or whether they do, in fact, we don't <laughs> we, we don't know even what the situation was that led the NFLPA to supposedly terminate this this deal or at least let, they let the agents know that it was terminated. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of where it sits. And, and, you know, everybody's kind of still in the dark. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the, the one that really um, confused me and, and had me step back for a second was the NFLPA. You know, associate, you know, the association canceling their or nullifying their deal, and I don't, 
from a legality standpoint, it doesn't seem like it was a legal move. Would you agree? Well, you know, we don't know what it says, what that agreement says, and and whether you know there was something in there that they felt legally that they could challenge um, and say that Panini didn't live up to this this deal that they had with the NFLPA and. And, you know, the Players Association obviously is wanting to go with their newest licensee. They want to, uh, you know, players have a stake in this deal that they've made with Fanatics and they want it to start, I'm sure, as soon as they possibly can. Um, so they're probably in favor of of moving the thing forward. And Panini's like, well, wait a minute, you know, we, we have a deal. But, I, you know, it, it, it could be something in one of those lawsuits. I thought the timing was really interesting that this came out. Not long after these lawsuits were filed, um, yep. and the first one obviously was by Panini, the antitrust suit, and then uh, Fanatics followed up with their, you know, countersuit. So, but I, I'm wondering if there was something in one of those exhibits, one of those suits that uh, that caused the NFLPA to say, you know, we think that there's something here that you violated the terms, and we can legally put an end to this agreement early. You know what? I think this brought all these lawsuits obviously brought attention to both companies into into our hobby um, and maybe from somebody that they don't want to be looking at it. And I'm talking about the feds and the federal government and the anti antitrust and monopoly uh, section of the, this whole mess. Um, do you think um, it's an unwanted attention from from by uh, from Fanatics and Panini that the, that the feds are going to be involved in this now? Well, I, I don't know about that. It's possible, I guess, but I, I think the the uncertainty isn't good for anybody. I, I I think that this whole thing being up in the air. Yes, collectors just want cards to buy, and right now, you know, with the season kicking off this week, I, I don't think they care. You know, whether it's Panini or Fanatics, they just want cards to buy because it, and that's a it's a huge deal when when you start to see rookies, you know, perform well early on, and, and people want their cards and. And the whole thing that hangs over this is just not good. Um, you know, that we don't know who the card manufacturer is going to be for the NFL. How long is Panini going to have it? When is it going to stop? If it is going to stop, how many products are going to be, you know, produced at the prime time of the NFL season? You know, probably it's okay for the next few weeks. But, you know, once we get into the heart of the season, what kind of products are there going to be available for people to collect and you know, we went through this with the NF, uh, NBA's uh, lockout several years ago yeah. back when, you know, they wound up doing a double rookie class because they couldn't produce any cards. That's the worst case scenario for card shops, for collectors, for distributors, for dealers, for online retailers. Um, it's just a bad situation. And, um, you know, you hope there's some kind of a resolution one way or the other. I think if you're into the modern football card scene, because you just don't want that uncertainty. Nobody does. You know, it, it's uh, just kind of a, a bad deal all the way around. And, um, you know, I think we could kind of see it coming a little bit. At least I, I'm not shocked by this. And um, but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting. It kind of uh, uh, sort of puts the NFL season in a little bit of a different light for collectors. You know, everybody's excited to see the new season kick off. But it's like, well. You know, what kind of products are we going to have, before, you know, when we get to Christmas time and everybody's or, you know, everybody wants to buy uh, products or boxes of cards for, for Christmas or, you know, use their Christmas money to buy cards. What are they going to have? I don't know. It's it's uh, the whole season's just kind of um, kind of in limbo right now, it seems. And that's just a kind of a it's a unfortunate deal at a time when uh, people are really excited about the, the hobby. 
Have you heard any rumors that Fanatics slash Tops will be producing football cards for the 2023-24 season? Yeah, I, I don't think we've really seen anything to that nature other than the fact that the, the NFLPA has said that, you know, they've told agents that the deal is done with Panini and, you know, assuming that there's some kind of a window that Panini can still put out what they've got in their in their pipeline. But, um, you know, I, they have said that Fanatics is now their partner, but we have not heard anything from the um, NFL and we haven't heard anything from the NBA about their products coming up this season. So it's just kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know that we uh, how, how long fanatics will need to start producing top uh, producing cards under the tops brand i assume they need some kind of lead time and maybe they're i'm sure they're working behind the scenes on trying to do this but you know it's not a simple process and um will there be a gap between the last panini pro if this comes to fruition will there be a, a gap between the last panini product and the first uh, tops fanatics football card product i suspect there will be um you know if and when this this does happen um, but, you know, right now it's tied up in the courts and um, that's kind of where it stands. I, 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 it's, I'm sure Panini is, is making every effort that they possibly can to, to hold this off and to keep doing what they're doing. But I, you know, how long can they continue to, to operate under these circumstances either if Fanatics, you know, keeps applying pressure and gets all of the, you know, some we've seen some of the rookie cards, you know, the, the key rookies have signed with Fanatics. They haven't signed yeah. with Panini, which means, you know, we don't get autographed rookie cards of some of the top quarterbacks or potentially top quarterbacks. We don't know who's going to be great and who isn't. But, um, you know, that's that's a problem um, when your products, you know, you got to get really creative if you don't have the autographs of some of the top rookie cards, you know, that people come to expect. Have you spoken with anyone from the Players Association on the record, and you know, what is their feeling on this whole this whole mess? Yeah, I tried reached out uh, shortly after they uh, sent that letter out, but uh, the answer came back a few days later that they did not have any comment at this time, and so I was not surprised by that. But um, I think until there is some kind of formal statement that they feel that they can make, then you know they're probably not going to say anything. Fanatics tried to change the um, the locale or where the the antitrust law uh, was going to be residing, as opposed to um, you know New York or in Florida, and it, they lost their attempt to to move the lawsuit. Does that bode well for Fanatic uh, for Panini? I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think you know the the that's kind of I, I don't know what their whole you know reasoning for for doing that is um you know it's i think at the end of the day the judge will make a decision um you know based on the, the facts and in, in terms of what where this you know thing is going to play out um obviously you know fanatics wants to have it close to their headquarters and panini wants to have it where they think it should be held <laughs> um, so i i suspect that you know of the, of the things that we're going to find out that may be the first thing is, is where this where this is going to play out in court if it gets to that point you know there could be a settlement too you know we don't know um, supposedly that you know according to the court papers uh that there were talks uh, according to fanatics there were talks between fanatics and panini about settling this thing and, and panini would get paid you know a, a certain fee and and uh 
fanatics felt like they were being disingenuous with their income and uh, revenue sources and, and revenue totals. And so they, um, you know, that those whole talks, supposedly that's why they fell apart. Um, so I, I don't know whether um, that will eventually play itself out, you know, pretty quickly or how, or how long that might take. Do you think the recent uh, lawsuit that Panini lost for $25 million to copyright infringement will um, make Panini more uh, receptive to going, you know, to settling this out of court? Yeah, it just, uh, it's kind of a striking figure that they would just kind of agree to that. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's just kind of business as usual. That illustrates how much money money is involved in this in this uh, business, that this one, basically a mistake, I, 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 I think it was just a mistake that somebody thought that, <laughs> that they could do that, and they, you know, didn't realize that the the uh, wild card, uh, the AAA sports that had owned wild card back in the in the day still had the copyrights. And so they wound up losing this this case and then uh, or at least settled it for twenty five million dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd think that would maybe give them pause to say, uh, you know, boy, that money would really come in handy. But I, I don't know what Panini's finances are. You know, they're not a public uh, company, so it's it's hard to know exactly uh, where they sit and how much of an impact that they have that that might have but uh yeah it's a that's a pretty good chunk of change to lose for sure look looking into your crystal ball uh and this is all guessing guessing of course um what do you th where do you think is the next shoe to drop on this do you do you envision this actually um making it through the court systems or do you think that panini is going to blank and, and and settle with with fanatics you know i, I would almost think that it would probably make sense for Panini to settle, given all of the things that are happening and and the squeeze that's been put on them in terms of the players losing potentially some of the the top uh, young players to fanatics through these exclusive autograph deals, you know, and that's going to continue to keep happening. I think, I, you know, I, fanatics is a powerful source, and they they you know have the wherewithal, the money, and now the players' associations, you know, basically behind them for the future. So I think that that's, you know, probably something that Panini is very concerned about. And um, it would probably make sense for them to come to some sort of a, a deal and end this uh, end their contracts early. Um, you know, they, they may feel they have a good legal case. Uh, you know, they they were supposed to have these licenses for another couple of years and they may fight tooth and nail to try to keep them however they can. Uh, and some of that may be a little bit of spite, you know, we were going to hang on to this no matter who we have in these, in these packs of cards, you know, we're going to continue to, to put cards up just because we can, you know, but um, I, I would think just to get rid of this headache and, and to save the, the attorney fees and because that plays into it, you know, you got to spend a ton of money on these, they hired one of the top uh, attorneys in the country to handle this for them. And, you know, that's obviously a commitment, but it's also a big expense. Um, maybe they feel like they can handle that and, and he can win the case for them. I don't know. But um, it, it seems to me that it would be easier just to make a deal that goes into effect on the 1st of uh, January 2024 um, to try and, you know, rid themselves of this but um you know who knows what's going to happen it's going to be fascinating to, to watch this all unfold it's certainly nothing we've ever seen in the hobby before licenses have obviously changed hands but 
usually it's just a bid, you know, so this company bid a little bit. And it was a shock when Panini took over yeah. both the NFL and NBA licenses, you know, back back several years ago. So, but that was pretty tame compared to what we're seeing now with all these court battles and, you know, such a big force coming in to basically um, have a monopoly uh, on trading cards is what they'll have here in a couple of years. Um, could be good, could be bad. You know, we don't, we don't know. Um, Fanatics has the resources to do basically whatever they want. They're very confident that, what they do is going to be good for the hobby and and that they're going to make changes and fix some of the things like redemptions, you know, that don't result in autographs that collectors have been peeved about for years and years. You know, they have these redemption cards that, you know, they try to get uh, resolved with uh, the company and and uh, it just doesn't happen. And they sit there with these redemption cards for years and years. And, and that's one thing Fanatic says it's going to take care of. So I, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, 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 it's really fascinating if, <laughs> if even with all the uncertainty and everything, it's an interesting case to watch, and it's going to be uh, uh, kind of a strange uh, remainder of 2023 for sure. Yeah, and I think emotion and bruised egos are involved in in this. That that we, you know, I don't think people are thinking clearly. Would you agree? Well, I don't know about thinking clearly, but I do believe that yeah there's there's definitely some egos involved for sure and i i think um you know for for some people you know it's a game for some you know high-ranking executives that maybe aren't really collectors at heart it's it's a business game for them and you know that's unfortunate because this hobby is still built around the guy who goes to the card show with a hundred bucks in his pocket or 200 bucks in his pocket. Um, I, I think, you know, and uh, you can see that if you go to a small show, you know, that most collectors are still, you know, not the investor types. They're, they're very salt of the earth. This is that we do this to, to get away from things in the daily, in our daily lives that are challenging and difficult and, and, you know, very nerve wracking, you know, and, this is supposed to be a hobby. So when it kind of gets to be something a little uh, more big business, you know, it's, it's kind of a turnoff. And I think sometimes they forget that at the highest levels, you know, they can put on a good face and say all the right things, but you know, I, I just wish that uh, the collectors wouldn't get hurt in any of this or, you know, whatever does happen, I hope happens to make things better. But right now it's kind of hard to see that. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. And, and you know, just to, um, the hobby as a whole, um, you know, we're, 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 we're going through this whole thing with Wanda Franco, who I'm a huge fan of as a player, but obviously he has some other issues. Um, do you, are you surprised that, that the hobby has been able to withstand these kind of the, the, these hits to the hobby? You know, and, and Wanda Franco was the face of the hobby last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but that's been the case, you know, even if it's not something a little sorted like that, it's it's always been a situation you just a month ago, we all thought Shohei Otani was, you know, almost untouchable in terms of a, a player that you would um, want to invest in. And now, you know, I, I don't know. We In fact, we carried an article from Jeff Morris about how, you know, it, 
he's still selling well and he's still an incredible offensive player. But now, you know, with this latest injury news that we have now that he's got a, a, a bleak situation, um, you kind of wonder, uh, how, is his season going to end soon enough? It's it, it, it's really, uh, you know, it, it speaks to the two levels of the hobby. You know, you have the vintage market, which you know goes up and down and it's stable, but it's pri- primarily pretty stable. Um, and you have the modern card market, which is sort of the bigger end of the hobby now with, you know, with all the influx of newer people that have come in. You know, I think a lot of the card shows now are, are focused more on the, uh, you know, the, the speculators and the, the guys that buy cards and sell cards just based on a player's performance. Or I can take this card and this guy has a big weekend and I'm going to take it now to another dealer and sell it for a profit. So that's but that's the gambling end of it. Um, you know, that we, we've got a very stable group of people that just collect for the collecting end of it. And then you have another very large section of the hobby where it's very much based on player performance. And when you have things like the Wander Franco situation or the Otani deal and, you know, it's Jason, everybody was down on Dominguez, you know, just a year ago. And now all of a sudden he's, he's the dog. I know he hits two home runs and everyone wants his cards again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How how quickly can change. That's for sure. It's, it's uh, yeah, very two different uh, kind of a a dichotomy in, in the the industry. It's always been there. You know, you've always had guys that that have been uh, prospectors and chasing the newest uh, rookie cards and, and, and buying, you know, Bowman Chrome and things like that, hoping that guys turn out to be big, big stars. And then you have the other end of the very more traditional, you know, set collectors or guys that are collecting Mickey Mantle. Uh, but it's these the, I've said many times over the last couple of years that the difference has never been more striking in, in that because you don't have a lot of you have some crossover, but it's very much, uh, you know, two different hobbies. Well, I think as a hobby as a whole, I think we're still healthy, right? Because grading numbers are way up. Um, you know, show attendance is really way up. And um, I think we're hitting numbers on auction results are, are still way up. Would you agree with me that we're still a, a healthy hobby? Oh, I think so. Yeah. And, and the hobby kind of needs those people that I just mentioned that that are very much into flipping. And, and that's kind of their how they do the hobby is <laughs> they buy a few cards for their personal collection, but the big focus is to be able to, to flip. But we, you know, we kind of need those people um, to keep the the money flowing and keep the transactions going. And that's why you're seeing a lot of activity at shows because these people are bringing their cases of uh, graded cards around and they're buying and selling and trading and auctioning things. And, and it's part of the ecosystem. It keeps it going, but yeah, I think overall it, you know, it, it, those people have brought a little bit of a, a wider energy to it, I think, um, that have gotten into it or back into it in the last few years. Um, uh, the hobby was kind of moving forward before that. We had a great crew of rookie cards that kind of came down the pipe with Patrick Mahomes and Doncic. And even though it hasn't worked out for Zion Williamson and, and uh, John Morant the way we thought it was going to, you know, I think the jury's still out on those guys. And, and then, uh, you know, you have Giannis kind of brought a, a new level and, uh, Otani and and so there's always a, a new uh, player to collect. But what I'm saying is that the the uh, the hobby was kind of on an upward swing before COVID, um, even though you know the, the huge explosion happened during that time. But I think it's sustained pretty well um, coming out of that. You know, you had a lot of people get in, get out, but you also had a lot of people who stayed and and the people that have been in been in it for years like you and I are or people that uh are just uh you, that you see 
um, you know, have built collections over the years. They've gotten more interested, more excited because the, there is a lot more energy around it and the shows have gotten bigger. And it's, you know, even if you deal in vintage cards, I know a lot of vintage card dealers that um, have gone to shows for years and years. And they say the last couple of years have been the best that they've ever had. Um, so, yeah, I think there's still a lot of energy. And I think it's uh, uh, you mentioned the auction results. You know, you, we've seen more auctions and bigger auctions than we've ever seen before. And prices obviously are going to fluctuate and, and you're going to see we've seen a lot of the big time modern cards take huge drops and things like that. But, you know, you could also argue that those prices that were attained at the height of the market were unrealistic and not sustainable. And so now maybe we're leveling off to where it should be, um, at least closer to where it should be. But I think, yeah, and, and I use shows as my uh, kind of one of my big uh points to to look at in terms of what the hobby health is and you go to shows and there were times a few years ago where you're like oh boy there's just no energy here and there's not much going on and now no matter where you go um and you're seeing new shows pop up all the time but no matter where you go the attendance is really good people are buying and um there's a lot of selling going on dealers seem to be happy so yeah i i think it's I think it's in a pretty good place. I, I, I regardless of what happens with the Panini situation and fanatics, <laughs> um, I, it's kind of a kind of a weird deal. But I, I think uh, people are easy. It's easy to look past it because there's always something to collect. You know, even if there aren't any new cards uh, hitting the market, which we don't know what kind of what's going to happen over the next few months. But uh, you know, if, if there will always be a veteran player or a guy who has a breakout year who had rookie cards last year, and and uh, and you may have uh, uh, you know a big auction result for a vintage card. And now all of a sudden people get interested in that particular player's cards or that particular set or whatever. Talking with Rich Miller, Rich Miller, of course, from sportscollectorsdaily.com. He is founder and editor. Uh, Rich, what do you have planned for the, the site? Anything new for the site going into uh, for the rest of the year and in, uh, into 2024? Well, I'll tell you what, it's just trying to keep up with all the, all the news and, and things that have been happening and, and continue to happen. And we're still seeing new businesses come into the hobby and things like that. And and uh, a lot of things on the periphery making news. We just talked about uh, Dominguez and all of a sudden, you know, we've got a story about <laughs> Dominguez and, and Ronnie Mauricio and, and those guys kind of in uh, putting a little charge in the New York uh collecting in baseball market again so it's there's always uh with, with so much news that's happening it's kind of hard to focus on, on long-term changes or, or things you want to implement but um yeah i think you'll eventually you'll see some some new features and things pop up on the site i'm not sure it'll happen this year um but it's probably going to be happening here uh within the fairly short uh, time frame and might see some new uh videos and things like that but we'll see very cool. Rich Miller from sportscollectorsdaily.com. Thank you for your time, my, my friend. Uh, you know, it's just so confusing with everything going on with all these lawsuits and, and Panini and Fanatics and the NFL Players Association. And we haven't even gotten to the NBA and see how this is all going to fall out. But it, it it isn't uh it isn't dull right it's always interesting and it's always fun and uh you guys really are on top of it better than than anyone in, in our hobby, I think. I started this 17 years ago with the idea that, you know, yeah, there was probably enough to talk about happening in this hobby that we could do a daily uh, online publication. And even though there are some days where it's it's maybe not hasn't been quite so great, I think <laughs> I think it's proven itself to, to be a pretty vibrant hobby that has enough going on to where we can make that happen, especially now. 
All right, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Take care. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Do any of you list your cards for sale on eBay? I've recently signed up with a software by the name of Card Dealer Pro. They take pictures of your sports and trading cards and use artificial intelligence to write the title, description, and upload to eBay. Now, I've gone from the ability to list 10 to 20 cards to 200 to 300 plus with the help of Card Dealer Pro. Go to www.carddealerpro.com to try their software completely free for seven days and get 500 bonus skins by using the promo code TTM500 during signup. Once again, that's TTM500. Use it at signup and get 500 additional bonus scans at www.carddealerpro to list your cards with AI today. Well, Drew, Rich is one of my favorite guests. He's been on our, he was my first guest. He was our 100th guest. He was our 150th guest. He was on our first live show. Uh, and I just lo love talking to Rich. I still write a, a weekly article for for them on TTM. And hopefully you check that out. We have a, a new article every week. And uh, it was fun to talk to Rich because Rich has uh, been doing this for so long. And he he just knows. he No one covers the, 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 the hobby like Rich does. He's on top of everything, and if he doesn't have it, he's got other people on the staff there that can get uh, whatever he needs. So, uh, yeah, great site there, great guy. Always uh, always love hearing from him. All right, pal. Thank you, Rich. Guys, we have a fun show for you on Saturday. We'll have Clemente Lise on. We're going to talk a little hockey collectibles, some soccer collect. Uh, maybe even we'll talk a little football. Clemente, I'm going to talk to him on Thursday, so we'll, be, we'll, we'll have play that interview on Saturday. We also have John Staggers, who was a, um, a running back. I don't know. I think it's wide receiver. I think it's wide receiver in the NFL. Played for the Green Bay Packers and Falcons, a couple other teams, and uh, he does TTM as well. So we're going to talk to John about his time in the uh, in the NFL. Drew, anything else before I let you go? No, I think we got everything pretty well covered here, and uh, hopefully my mailbox stays uh, active through Saturday. Yeah. All right, guys. We're wishing you many happy returns for the rest of the week. We will see you on Saturday. Be good and uh, just have a great week. Talk to you. Uh, see, talk to you guys on Saturday. Be good. Yeah.